Good morning, it's Tuesday the 8th of December. I'm Liam Flanagan. This is The Scorecard, your fast, fun hit of sport. And when it rains, it pours here on The Scorecard. Today, it is absolutely bucketing with sport. We've got one young cricket gun firing while another misses his shot. There's a twist in the tale of swimmer Shana Jack's reduced drug suspension. The NRL's most entertaining player is up for grabs. But first, we're talking a boxing goat taking on a YouTube star? If you've never heard of Logan Paul, that existence is about to end, my friends. Three weeks ago, the 25-year-old American YouTube star who has one professional boxing loss to his name was stopped outside of a steakhouse in LA by paparazzi, and this subject came up. Yeah, what's going on with the Floyd Mayweather fight? You, I asked him you. about it, and he didn't say anything. Let me tell you, let me tell you this. Oh, yeah. If I caught Floyd in a real fight, street fight, right. whoop his ass. All right. No question. You got like MMA, octagon. Whoop his ass. Okay. No question. Right. The only place I think Floyd is safe, obviously the boxing ring, but to be honest, I don't give a f. I would fight Floyd anytime, anywhere, okay. any place. If I caught Floyd with one punch, I would snap this f in half. <laughs> but that's what Logan Paul does. He's an entertainer whose net worth of almost $20 million US has come off the back of him saying and doing crazy stuff. But Floyd Money Mayweather, a man in the conversation for the greatest boxer of all time, a professional boxing career of 50 and no, he is undefeated. The mere idea of him lacing up the gloves to fight a YouTuber is... Oh my God! Okay, it's happening! Yeah, it's happening. February 20th, Logan Paul v Floyd Mayweather is actually going to happen as an exhibition fight. Now, the fight will only be available via pay-per-view, which means the net worth of both fighters will go through the roof, with many predicting it could be the biggest pay-per-view in boxing history. But the other question being asked, aside from what will Logan Paul's face look like at the end of this fight, is what the bout will do to the credibility of boxing as a sport, something UFC boss Dana White has strong opinions on. When people ask me, what's the state of boxing uh, right now, that's that's where it's at. I mean, that, I didn't that kid get beat up by the video game kid from England and now he's going to fight Floyd Mayweather? Don't get me wrong, I will watch this fight, but seriously, pray for Logan. Despite today's final T20 fixture between the two countries, the eyes of cricket lovers from India and Australia have already wandered over to the test series that kicks off in Adelaide on the 17th of this month. Now, while David Warner is racing the clock to be fit for the first test, the three-day tour match between Australia Ray and the Indians, which ends today at Dromoyne Oval, was meant to be an audition for several players to partner Warner at the top of the order. So I guess it's time to play... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Who Wants to Be an Australian Test Opener. Our contestant today is Trevor Holmes. Trevor, this question is for $1 million and to keep your job as Australia's head selector. Off the back of their performances in the tour match for Australia A, who will partner David Warner at the top of the Aussie order in Adelaide for the first test? Is it A... Young gun Will Pekofsky. It's over without really starting for Pekofsky. Out for one. B, incumbent opener Joe Burns, who made four runs before this happened. Oh, he's got a little feather on it on the way through, and Joe Burns is gone as well. So the two auditioning openers are back in the pavilion. C, one-time test opener Marcus Harris, who was dismissed for 35. Or D, do you shuffle Matthew Wade up to open with Warner so you can include 21-year-old Cam Green, who did this? And with that, 
Cam Green's stocks keep on rising in Australian cricket. A magnificent century against India. Really impressive stuff from Green, who only made his international T20 debut the other night. Decisions, decisions, Trevor. Now, a reminder, you have already used your phone a friend to call David Warner, who said his preference was for Joe Burns. And if you ask the audience, I'm sure that they'd go with young gun Will Pukowski. Trevor, we're going to take a break. I'm going to give you time to think it over. On the other side of this, we will find out who Trevor chooses and if he gets to keep his job. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. I mean, I played pretty shit tonight, but uh, I got the ring and uh, it's for sale. I need to pay for all the beers I'm about to sink. Brandon Smith is not only a very funny man, he'd also likely be the first choice starting hooker at almost any other club in the NRL other than the Melbourne Storm, which is where he plays. But maybe not for long. 12 short. Smith, dummies, goes and does it all himself. Oh, what a player. The 24-year-old Kiwi international who came off the bench for the Storm in their 2020 premiership has lived largely in the shadow of future immortal Cam Smith. And with the club seemingly anointing rising star Harry Grant as its next hooker, the Storm have given permission to Smith and his management to explore his options and potentially leave at the end of next season despite being contracted till the end of 2022. You've got mail. Yesterday, Smith's management sent a group email to officials of a reported 14 other NRL clubs informing them of Smith's availability to put himself in the shop window. But there's a catch. As Smith would still be under contract, the Storm have stipulated that they would need, quote, commensurate compensation for any arrangement, which basically means the Storm wants someone who's a bloody good player and could party with the best of them. Who's your drinking partner? I'll take anyone as long as they'll drink a lot. And for those of you doing the math, the one club not represented on the group email? The Gold Coast Titans. Why? Maybe they know something the rest of us don't, like where Cam Smith might be playing next year. Quick recap for those that don't live and breathe competitive swimming like I do. Aussie swimmer Shana Jack tested positive for a banned substance in July 2019. Asada suspended her for four years. She wasn't allowed to swim, so she went on Channel 7's reality TV show SAS. Like my whole life I've been honest. Like the purpose of my swimming was the fact that I could impact somebody else's life and be a role model to them because that's how I fell in love with the sport. She appealed the ban, blamed her boyfriend's blender, The Court of Arbitration for Sport believed her and cut her suspension in half, meaning she could resume competitive swimming next year. Or so we thought. But the organisation formerly known as ASADA, who now go by Sport Integrity Australia, SIA, SIA, like the singer, I guess. They lodged an appeal to the Court of Arbitration for Sport yesterday over Jack's reduced sentence, seeking, quote, clarity on key anti-doping legal principles, end quote. So why is it a big deal? Well, even with Jack's half suspension, she is dancing a timeline tightrope to compete at the Australian trials for next year's Olympics. But by lodging the appeal, Sport Integrity Australia has crept up behind Jack on the tightrope and sent her Olympic hopes falling into the abyss. There's your quick fun sporting fix for Tuesday the 8th of December. And once you've finished Googling who exactly Logan Paul is, go and give the podcast a five-star rating and review it. And as long as your spelling's half right, I'll give a shout-out on the podcast. I'm Liam Flanagan. See you tomorrow on The Scorecard. 